You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Welcome again to the Monster Sci-Fi Show. I am your host, the Monster, albeit a tired monster. I just finished running on a Thursday night. Normally, I would have tried to have done the podcast before I ran. But since I got home, I had to let the cats out for whatever little daylight is so they can kind of stretch their legs. And I had to watch the first episode of Season 3 of Star Trek Discovery. Why? Because I have to punish myself. Just like Sequest. Never gave up on Sequest, although I know, and I knew way back then, it was terrible. It wasn't great, but I stuck around for Hitchcock. And I'm not going to explain Hitchcock if you've known reference on Sequest, so never mind. So, as I just pointed out, one of my big three things I'm going to be talking about for this week's sci-fi news, yes, we do have the the brand new episode and the brand new season of Star Trek Discovery. I will also be talking about, we're getting a Star Wars holiday special. and It's not the one you thought about back in 1977? No, 78, I think that one came out. You know, the one that no one knows about, but it's all over the internet that you can see how drunk or how high Princess Leia is singing, was it Tree Day? No, it was uh, Life Day. Yeah. Go check that out. Fun stuff. (laughs) Uh, But the other news too, Buck Rogers news, which I got kind of excited about, and I'll talk about that in a moment. So a couple little quick tidbit news. Again, it's not going to be hopefully that long of a podcast because I'm really tired. (laughs) And right now I'm drinking my Sleepy Time Tea. Yes, Sleepy Time Tea brought to you by Celestial Seasonings, whatever that is. That knocks you out because I was trying to deal with stress. So it's kind of like chamomile tea, just knocks your ass out. It really does a good job. But yeah, Sleepy Time Tea, it knocks the shit out of you. All right, so let's begin with this. There seems to be not any confirmation of Tat in the upcoming Spider-Man 3 movie. You may be asking, what the hell is Tat? That's something I made up. Basically, the appearance of Tat is my acronym for Toby, Andrew, and Tom appearing in the next Spider-Man movie. So, Sony says, these rumored castings are not confirmed. Which is not really indication of saying, no. (laughs) You see? That's clear. No. Those rumors casting are not confirmed. That's very vague. It doesn't sound like, yay, we're going to get them maybe, or no, wink, wink. You could just say, no, like I did. Pay me my check. 
So we'll see whatever happens. It'll be nice. I'm not saying that it may or may not happen, but it will be freaking nice. <laughs> All right, moving on. What else we have next? Hey, you need a little soul in your life? Good news if you have Disney Plus. Because Soul... I was going to say Soul Train, but I, I don't want to go Soul Train. Which I just did after I just said I didn't want to do that. That we're going to get the new Pixar movie coming to Disney Plus. I believe sometime in November. Peter Doctor had directed Monsters, Inc. We had Up and Inside Out. So definitely... I think it's a good replacement for Phil Lasseter, who had left, I think, a while ago due to issues. So, hopefully, Pixar will get their soul, see what I did there, back into Pixar. Because, again, there was a time very early on with Pixar in which their movies were top-notch because their focus was on good storytelling. And then, I think after Cars 2, things started to falter a bit. It has regained a couple of good moments, I think, when we had movies such as Up and Inside Out. Those are the kind of movies that really touched you in in many different ways. We'll see what happens with Come With Soul, because it looks like it's going to be primarily an African-American cast which is going to be a good thing. And maybe that's the thing that Pixar needs to work on is having more diversity in their casting as well as in their storytelling. Not to say they haven't done that, like in Coco, I believe, which I have not finished, but I don't know. It was just like, I I get it. I should be like all over that. I know lots of people love Coco, but I'm like, I, I don't know. It was just like, not feeling the Pixar vibe. We'll see. I'll watch it come December. Hopefully that will change my mind. That's all I care about. Should I get the bad news first out of the way? Nah, screw it. I'm going to do Buck Rogers first. Back in the day, I saw Buck Rogers. Starring Gil Gerard, Aaron Gray, Pamela Hens- Hensley, I believe. I saw in the movie theaters. Loved it. I loved the opening song because it had Princess Ardala, which is Pamela Hensley, and Aaron Gray, who was Commander Deering, in like bathing suits with lighting from below, and they were in sexy poses and funky camera angles while the song. Is playing in the background and they're sliding and has okay. I don't know what has to do with Buck Rogers and stuff. Those are competing love interests. But in any case, I love the idea of, of a man out of time. The comparison easily was this is Star Wars. Which in fairness, Buck Rogers came out way before, long before. That ever happened with Star Wars. Um, I think John Carter came out even before then. So you would have the influence going all the way back before then. But you also had Flash Gordon that came out during that time. So a lot of the things that 
came after that, which is a problem like what happened with John Carter, is that all the things that influenced other movies afterwards made it big. But then when you try to tell the original story, it kind of flops. Kind of like what's going to hopefully not happen to Dune, because Dune also has great influences in a lot of modern properties that we watch today. So hopefully, again, that will not flop and will be the exception, not the rule of thumb there. But in any case, when Buck Rogers' movie did well enough, I think NBC showed it and on regular TV and changed the ending completely. It changed it so that he was, oh, well, I'll stick around and see what happens. And they made a TV show that lasted for two seasons. First season was fantastic. Week to week, we got, you know, whatever stories that Buck was encountering, like, was it Salt Vampire or some kind of Space Vampire thing? Jamie Lee Curtis was in there. What happened after season one, it became radically different in season two. So now, rather than having stories that were on Earth or nearby planets, they were going out on this ship looking for... I don't know. I still don't understand the concept of why they were looking or change the format other than, let's try to make this more like Star Trek. Yeah. And they had new characters like Hawk, which is a guy with feathers on his head. And I didn't care for that. And it got canceled shortly thereafter. So the news right now is that Legendary, who is the company behind uh, the making of Dune and the upcoming, whenever that happens, Godzilla and um, versus Kong and then Kong Skull Island and all that, they want to go ahead and make this a big property. Such as make this into a big movie adaptation and then into a television series. And then an anime series. So what they want to do is, quote, give audiences a 360 look at the heroic sets in the 25th century. That's a, a mouthful, to, to say the least, to think that you can do all that based on this one property. At least if you can argue with John Carter, there are tons of books that you can do a really great TV adaptation. I would give John Carter another shot. However, considering that he's a Confederate soldier, are they going to still tap into that aspect? Or just kind of focus less on that and more about the fantastical storytelling that happened on Barsoom? I would be cool with that. Now with Buck Rogers... There were comics that were out there, too, that you can also follow. But honestly, I don't know if there is a demand for Buck Rogers. For me, because I love Gil Gerard and Aaron Gray, and I got to see them in Megacon, and I got their autograph on my soundtrack album, which I was happy as punched to be, I don't see, again, the need for a Buck Rogers. The only thing that I would say is that let's put Gil back on. 
just like you had Buster Crab back in the day. He also played Buck Rogers, who guest starred on Buck Rogers. So it was kind of cute that they did that. If we're going to do that, I would pay it forward so that Gil Gerard will be in this new Buck Rogers series. Or at least bring Aaron Gray. Dress for me, that's all. So we'll see what happens, but that's a lot to gamble. I mean, Legendary has been having, not issues, but you know they've been trying to get the rights for this property for such a long time, and it looks like it's coming close to a deal, but... Is it going to be a thing that people are going to be wanting to see? I don't know. So let's go to the Star Wars Holiday Special. But I should have called it the Lego Star Wars Holiday Special because this might actually have a chance to be good. Because if you're a fan of Lego, anything with Star Wars, whether you like the actual figures themselves, the playsets, the video games, the actual DVDs, movies that they have done for Star Wars like forever, they're hysterical. They're very well done. And the humor is quite on par with good writing that I've seen nowhere else for Star Wars. Because Star Wars in general may have moments, ha-ha, funny lines, funny situations, but for straight-out Oh, you're going to laugh your ass off? Yeah. Lego has that sewn up. The fact that you had like Darth Maul singing how awesome he is. I'm awesome. With the Star Wars music playing to that. Awesome. 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 And I love that. It That's the kind of thing I love. And playing the video games has the exact same kind of fun to this. We are getting a lot of the cast from last movie. Kelly Marie Tran is coming back as Rose. Billy D. Williams will be back with his Cult 45 and as Lando Calrissian. Anthony Daniels gets to play C-3PO again. Because why not? So we're not going to get anyone else that were of the original cast. We're not going to get Luke Skywalker. You're not going to get Harrison Ford for sure. Peter Mayhew, unfortunately, and Carrie Fisher have passed, so not going to happen. So I'm not sure we're going to get Daisy Ridley play Ray again, or John Boyega to play Finn, because Finn is, I should say Finn, but John Boyega is definitely done with Star Wars. But again, I don't think it's necessarily Lego that should be worrying about this type of kind of uh, resentment against fans. Because, again, Legos have been doing this for years upon years. I mean, there's no reason to say, hey, you can't make fun of Star Wars. But yes, you can. But it's not Star Wars that's making fun of itself. Much like, as I mentioned in the um, the short track for last, is it last season... Yeah, last season short track with the trouble with Edward. At the very end of that short track, there was a Tribbles commercial where these two little girls were eating Tribbles as a cereal. And it was not the thing that I would want to see on a Star Trek show that is poking fun at itself. It's okay to make a parody. Legos can do parody. 
Robot Chicken can do parody. When you start doing that, like even with the um, the Star Trek animated Lower Decks, which I have yet to see, but I'll get into that in a moment. But when you start poking fun at yourself, that's the problem we have here. But with Lego, we have an expectation that has already been cemented. So this is no surprise. Don't think about going into watching a Lego animated special thinking, oh, this is something that I want to be part of canon. No. Everything, they cross the streams, they make, they poke fun at everything. And I think that's what's needed to kind of remind us they're still good in the world <laughs> and that we can enjoy a laugh. And hopefully these writers have come up with something that will help fill that void that Star Wars 9 has not in any way fulfilled, you know, something in my life. So I'm willing to have a good time with this. And I want to see it bring it on. I would love, and I'm not saying this is going to happen, but if they're going to mimic, in some respect, the original Star Wars holiday special, could we do a Mandalorian type of cartoon section and kind of play with the animation a la Legos? Hmm? I would like that. But again, if you've never seen the original Star Wars holiday special, you can find it on YouTube easily. But just be prepared... Not to have any subtitles. There's a lot of Wookiees talking. And a lot of Wookiees grunting. And you have no subtitles. So you're just going to have to guess what they're talking about. With their physical actions. So, in any case. The Lego Star Wars Holiday Special will be coming out on Disney Plus November 19th. So, almost about a month from now. Which is good news. Because that's after election. Maybe the world will be a better place for you and for me. Who knows? All right. Let's do this. Let's talk about Star Trek Discovery. Season 3, Episode 1. Uh, I watched it. <laughs> That's all I can say. I watched it. I, I think one of the things that I had a problem, well, let, let's clarify. I had many problems when the initial Discovery, discovery I had many problems with Star Trek Discovery initially. From the look of the show, being more advanced, from the, uh, from the, uh, the timeline being 10 years before the introduction of Kirk, to the Enterprise. The fact that we had Burnham, who was the half-sister of Spock, that no one knew about, which in fairness, we didn't know Spock had a half-brother too, named Cybok. Besides the point. And the technology looked way advanced. Or well, a lot of the things that I had problems with were pretty much, in my opinion, kind of addressed or course corrected over the couple of seasons to the point where okay, you don't have to deal with canon, let's throw it into the future way into the future and our tech will be in line with whatever is out there or maybe even out of date who knows, who cares because it has nothing to do with anything it's uncharted territory you can do whatever clean slate if you had watched the last episode of Season 2, 
you know that the whole idea of why they were going into the future was to take that valuable data from control into the future so that control could not get it and become sentient or whatever that may be. But in the process of this big space battle that was god-awful, Control was destroyed. And they still went in. The crew of Discovery still went in. And then the whole story behind, well, we'll just say that Discovery got destroyed, but the real secret is we're not going to tell anybody that they are still alive, but in the future. And that's our cross the bear. So now that we have this storyline, this first episode is Burnham crash landing, so to speak, which I was like, is she not going to make it? Could be. Yeah, she made it. So it was kind of like an Iron Man moment where the first Iron Man suit, you know, he flies out of the cave and crash lands into a sand dune. Same thing here. But Burnham encounters someone who I thought Burnham encounters someone by the name of Book, who I honestly thought was the same person from the short track episode Calypso. Because I'm waiting here for the entire episode for him to say, oh yeah, I was on your ship before. Discovery. No one was on there. And I have the shuttlecraft. And I'm like, I was getting angry for no reason because it's not the same person. It's not at all. Not even close. So I had to look it up. And I was like, no, it's a different person altogether. That Calypso episode, albeit it's in that time frame, not the same person. So I got upset about watching this episode for no reason. On that, I apologize for being angry at Discovery or angry watching at Discovery because I felt like, when are you going to tell Burnham that you were on Discovery? When? How long are you going to keep dragging this out? But sorry, that was not the case. It was my fault. In any case, from what the story goes on, and again, this is Andromeda. Gene Roddenberry's Andromeda that Kevin Sorbo starred for five seasons. And again, I've mentioned this before, the Andromeda series deals with a Federation-like, Starfleet-like organization that is no longer because the captain fell into an event horizon of a black hole and gets propelled 300 years in the future. Sounds very much like a Buck Rogers situation, right? But in that case, there is no Commonwealth. There is no Federation slash Starfleet. That is exactly what's happening here. So there's no surprise. Because you saw that in the trailers. There's the, the unfurling of the Federation flag. So from this point on, I should have said spoilers, but again, I'm sure you've seen it. If not, spoilers. The, the burn, as they called it, was this cataclysmic event in which all dilithium crystal bloated. So that meant that the Federation ships, Starfleet ships, could not travel at warp speed, which then, I guess, collapsed 
the whole Federation thing. But yet there are still dilithium shards that people can still get and still use. So I would have thought, because I remember Jordy in Next Generation was trying to come up with different options for traveling faster than light that did not rely on dilithium crystals. And there were some successful tests. You also had uh, the Traveler that helped manipulate the warp engines at one time. So I'm pretty sure there would have been other options to find replacements for dilithium crystals. There was a, a, a ban on time traveling like happened in the Temporal Cold War on Star Trek Enterprise. And the burn, supposedly when Burnham arrived, which is 3188, happened about 150 years ago. So I was trying to figure out the time frame between when Daniels from the Star Trek Enterprise series encountered Archer and the Enterprise, uh, how he took him to the future, and what was that period? Um, it was around 3052-ish, around that period. If the burn happened, it was after the time or the Temporal Cold War was won, and then maybe about uh, a s- less than a century after that, that's when the, the burn happened. Because I was looking at, if the burn happened during the, ter- the Temporal Cold War, then that's a fuck-up. Sorry, not to be crude, but I just want to make sure that they're paying attention to the own canon if they're going to push it out out there that they didn't screw up with the timeline. But, you know, worse things could be... There could have been a lot worse things that have happened on this episode. So, overall, for the most part, I can't say that this was a great episode. I I can't say I like this new direction other than you have now an opportunity to claim something new. Albeit, this is old territory, because I've seen Andromeda, but it's still in the wheelhouse of Gene Roddenberry, so have at it. You know, not everyone has seen that show, or what was the other... Not Earth 2, Genesis 2, but the other Gene Roddenberry series also, which also Dylan Hunt is the name of the same character, but... No, whatever. So I got back into CBS All Access, not to pay for it, but I got the full free month to have that free trial. So in this month until November 15th, I will check out and binge watch all of the animated Lower Decks and review that before I give any negative feelings on it. I need to at least give it a shot and then shit all over it if I don't like it. But that's okay. But as far as Discovery, again, they have a clean slate. They can do whatever they want. But as I mentioned now, because there's no dilithium to travel, I guess we're going to be bringing back the Spore Drive with uh, Stamets. Damn it, Stamets. But, uh... Yeah, the trailer at the end of this episode had a lot more action, a lot more lines from all the background players that I've partly heard 
more on that trailer than I'd heard in the past two seasons. Much like Sequest, I'll be stuck watching this. But at least for right now, it's nothing that I'm going to get too upset over. Because this is brand new. This is not me being nitpicky. Because this is Uncharted. So if we're going to move forward. One of the criticisms that I had about Burnham was that it was the the Michael Burnham show. Everyone else literally is second banana. I want to see the other characters have a play. And I want to see them be brought to the forefront. Because she can only be, she can only get better when everyone else is allowed to have a say and a part in the story. Because honestly, I couldn't care less about Burnham. She's the least interesting part of this series. And as far as for the future, because we still have supposedly still Section 31. So the Philippa, alternate universe Philippa, the Queen, whatever, is still heading to Section 31. I don't see how you're going to do that in the future and do all this undercover, behind-the-scenes world-building like Section 31 was doing back in the day with the Federation. So somehow, somewhere, someone's going to go back into the past. So I'm sure that Philippa will be going back to the normal time of the Federation back 900, you know, back where she left to start up her Section 31. Because then that will screw up everything. Because then she will have inside knowledge about what the future was going to happen. And then maybe course correct the destruction of the burn. But who knows? I'm just rambling on. Because it's just the first episode. I really can't judge it any further than I was mildly entertained. But not for the right reasons. I was just like, we get to see some Andorians. There was a Cardassian that I missed altogether. There was the Morn, Morn's cousin, Norm, there. Andorians-ish. Yeah, it's okay. It wasn't thrilling. But as we mentioned before, hey, if Discovery is not your thing, it's not your thing. This is just not my thing. I'm not going to shit on anyone who wants to watch Discovery or to anyone who enjoys Discovery. Go for it. But unlike other people who are not happy with it, they'll just cast you out for liking the thing that you don't like. Now, there's plenty of things I like that people don't like, and vice versa. So, it's a free country. And, you know, maybe over the years, like with Enterprise, which I did not like, Initially, because it was just too boring. I think the third season with the Zindi War was interesting to do a full story arc, which up to that time has not been done before. But then Discovery starting to do it, and then but the difference there with those two is that you had other people involved. You knew who the other cast members were. They were part of the story. I can't tell you. Except for Tilly, Saru, and and Burnham, anyone else outside that little circle who also was part of that story for the past two seasons. 
That's the, that's the striking part. You know, you can do any kind of story you want for Star Trek, but if you don't care about your characters, it doesn't make a difference what you do. You'll be bored to tears. And in this day and age, we have too many other things to be watching. So, you know, I know Mr. Gene is not going to be watching this, and that's fine. That's his prerogative. Because, honestly, this is not the track that we grew up with and love. And I hope that, you know, by the third season, something would have happened. But in this case, again, someone will say, well, you know, first season of, or actually maybe the first two seasons of The Next Generation sucked as hell. So really not until the third season that that took off. Or I think the fourth season of DS9 when Cisco became captain and shaved his head and got to go T and he got the Defiant. And not until the fourth season when we have on Voyager, Seven of Nine joining the crew and Cass has got the boot. Yeah, I agree. You need to give it time. However, again, in each of those situations, you knew who the people were in the background. Even if you didn't care or it didn't like them, at least you knew they were there. They had more to say than anyone on Discovery. That's a big difference. That needs to be fixed. They fixed all the other problems that I had with the continuity, the technology, the look of the, of the overall look being not the one you would see from the 1966. You know, it's again, it's a more updated look and they updated everything else. Fine. Let's take it out of the timeline continuity so you don't bump into any more screw-ups with meeting Kirk. Fine, let's throw it out there. Looks a lot like Andromeda, but again, no one cares if we never saw Andromeda. That's their, This is going to be their Andromeda. So, we're done. We're done with that. The rest, we shall see what happens. But in the meantime, I am done and I want to go to sleep. Because the sleepy time tea is kicking in. It has been a very long week. And I hope you got to listen to Mr. Gene and I talk about The Boy Season 2. Which I just released the other day. So if you have not listened to it. You got two podcasts this week. So I'm making an effort to make new content. Please make an effort to listen to my content. Let me know what you think. What you feel anything write me at monster sci-fi show at gmail.com follow me on the various social networks so on that note thank you very much oh so much for listening to me and to the monster sci-fi show it's sci-fi from a certain point of view good night hey weird podcast people Join us every week on the Flopcast for a half hour or so of silly conversation about comics, music, Saturday morning cartoons, old movies and TV shows, and chickens. It'll be our little secret. Find us at Flopcast.net and on the ESO Network. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public store. 
which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.